Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. You guys, the the guests that we have on our show are just blowing my mind. Such incredibly interesting people that God has given us. I want to just say thank you guys for listening. Hearing from you guys is so much of a blessing I can't even Um, meeting you guys in person, standing in front of you at events and conferences and things like that is absolutely just thrilling um, that the ministry has blessed you. So thank you so much for following along, for listening along. Um, Those of you that are wondering, we are on social media, Instagram and Facebook. I don't do anything on Twitter because I think people are mean over there. We would love to talk to you. Send us a message. We are answer 100% of the inbox messages that we receive. We have a team that does that. And um, we would love to hear from you. Prayer request, suggestion, comments, anything like that. We would love to hear from you. Also, a um, little shameless plug here. I just released my third book. Ooh, that sounds weird to say. Gangster Prayer. Gangster Prayer is out in stores in a neighborhood near you, hopefully. <laughs> but it is so amazing just to see God using this tiny little tool. Um, I really am praying and have prayed for years for a prayer revival. And I want you to know that this book is available. It is very into your face. It's very straightforward. You know why it's so straightforward? Because I was tired when I wrote it. And you know how sometimes when you're tired, you kind of lose some of the filter. (laughs) I was real tired when I wrote it, um, but was very convinced in what God was asking of me. So I invite you to go pick it up. I want to transfer over to what we are talking about today. Um, I find that this show will really minister to all you control freaks out there like myself. Um, One of the things that I love about the Lord is that he continually challenges us to grow. Um, we're never going to get there, right? <laughs> I, I'm someone that loves to grow. I, I love to hear criticism, not mean criticism, not mean. So don't be calling me saying, well, you could do this, that, and the other. Um, but I love to hear from people that love me, from people that mentor me. I love it when they challenge me to grow. Listen, have you thought about this this way? Um, and there's something about this message uh, that God God was really challenging me um, in an area. The title of this uh, show today is God stills with his word. What you cannot still with your will. That's why it's written to control freaks um, out there. If you're not a control freak and you're super laid back, well then, you know, listen to the top hits today. I don't, I don't really know. Um, but sometimes us that like to control, um, we, we look at a situation, we look at a storm, we look at a problem and we want to fix it according to how it makes sense to us. But I love that God's ways are always so much greater than ours. His thoughts are so much higher than ours that we're never going to understand the way he operates 
And yet we try, bless our hearts, to fix situations in our lives that are completely out of our control, that are completely out of our hand, that we honestly, if we could just step back for two seconds and, you know, chill, we would see that we really can't do anything about them anyway. We can try, we can strive, but there is so much exhaustion in the striving sometimes. Amen. Amen. That I'm going to challenge you today um, to trust in the word. This is what was hitting me a couple of months ago. And this is, you know how, you know, how I am. I'm, I'm personal over here. Like I ain't trying to be whatever. Um, my husband and I went through, it was like, <laughs> um, we got, we didn't get hit by a car. Cassie, Cassie actually got hit by a car uh, a couple months ago, a weeks ago. When was that? Anyways. Um, so I'm using this term very, very lightly, but it was like, bam, we got hit. Bam, we got hit with another trial. Bam, we got hit with another trial. Back to back to back. And this was several months ago. And um, I kind of set, I remember one morning outside the back of my house, we have this, this like little outside section, right? Um, In my rocking chair with my coffee in a haze. Because my personality is, let's fix. I just have to fix. I can do. We can handle it. It's fine, which is like Cassie likes to say all the time. Um, Everything is going to be okay. Let's fix it. But there were so many things that hit us at one time um, in this particular uh, couple of weeks that I sat in a haze and I thought, God, what are you doing here? And he led me to this passage of scripture in Psalm 105. It says this, he sent a man before them, Joseph who was sold as a slave. They afflicted his feet with fetters. He himself was laid in iron until the time that his word came to pass. And this is what stuck out to me. I have preached on this uh, passage of scripture like 700 times, but this is the the line that stood out, out to me that day. The word of the Lord tested him. The word of the Lord tested tested him. Now, um, in this uh, uh, situation in Joseph's life, he had been given a dream. He had been sold into slavery. Right now he's in prison because of the Potiphar uh, situation, the Potiphar gate that happened with Potiphar's wife. He's sitting in prison. He has had this dream, um, but but he's he's sitting in prison and the dream seems uh, like a hundred years away. And the word of the Lord tested him. There was nothing he could do about his incarceration. So he had an opportunity right there. Do I trust in my circumstances or do I trust in the word of the Lord? And that's where I was that day, sitting in a haze with this huge storm circling around me, all of these different things that I needed to fix, but I knew they were outside of my control. I needed to do something, but I knew that there was a greater hand at work there. And the Lord told me what I have told you right now is going to test you. 
This is an opportunity for you to lean into my word and for you just to simply trust without any action on your part, Autumn, because there is nothing that you can do right now but trust my word. It's hard to trust my word right now because it doesn't look like my word right now is going to come true. The the situation that you find yourself in uh, right now is above you. It's beyond you. It's beyond your power. It's beyond your control. You can't throw, throw any money at it. You can't throw any advice at it. You can't throw any counseling at it. Um, um, All you can do is sit like a child and trust. And I feel like that's where some of you guys are today. You've been trying to control and you're trying to fix and you're trying to do and you got that doctor's report and you've got that whatever financial situation and you've got all of these things and the storm is huge. And you can do nothing about it. Your your human response is to act, is to fix, is to go get seven seven more jobs. But if you're honest with yourself, you know this is far above you. And right now, your circumstances are contradicting what God has said to you. Those who I'm talking about today. I want to read my passage of scripture and then I want to break this down a little bit uh, for you today. It's a long passage of scripture, um, but you know what? We're going to read it all. Uh, Matthew 8, 18 says this. Now, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to depart to the other side of the sea. This is going to be a familiar passage of scripture to you, but I want you to hang with me. Because if you're linked in, hooked in by what I first said, this is really going to help you. Now, Jesus saw a crowd around him. He gave orders to depart to the other side of the sea. Verse 19, Matthew 8, 19. Then a scribe came and said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Verse 20, Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of his disciples said to him, Lord, permit me first to go bury my father. But Jesus said, follow me, allow the dead to bury their own dead. Verse 23, here he's going. When he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being covered with the waves. But Jesus himself, was asleep. And they came to him and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. Save us, Lord, we are perishing. He said to them, Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Then he got up, rebuked the wind and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. The men were amazed and said, What kind of a man is this that the winds and the sea? obey him. I um, love this passage of scripture and it can be applied to, you know, a lot of different circumstances. No doubt this passage of scripture has been preached upside down, sideways, to the left, to the right, diagonally. But this is a situation where here we see the great storm outside of human control but Jesus is right there. We see uh, um, something 
uh, and in my study, you know, you, I found out that this storm was not like a rain shower, you know, like those showers that pass through. This was a storm that was literally going to capsize the vessel. It says uh, right here, but there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being covered with the waves. Now, I don't know about you. We have a little boat. We have a boat that honestly our family can't even fit on anymore. We probably exceed the weight limit because it is such a little boat. Um, But we took it out uh, this summer and there was, we were on the water of of, uh, Lake Ray Hubbard and we're, all of the, everything was fine when we went out there. Like it was great. My kids were tubing. We're having a good time. You know, we were drinking our our uh, diet coke because I like diet coke on a boat. And all of a sudden, I oh, you you start feeling wind, and we're in the middle of the boat. So there's nothing that we could do. We're just sitting in the middle of the boat, and and this storm comes. It seems like it's coming out of nowhere, and um. All of a sudden, I look at my husband. The kids are in the tube, and I'm like, we need to pull them in. Like, we need to go. By the time we got to the dock to dock our boat, there were literal waves that were coming inside the boat. And, you know, you don't want to go any faster, Dan, because then the waves just get bigger and bigger. And it started to become very concerning to me. All the kids had on their life jackets. I was like, oh, Lord, help me swim through these waves. You know, it was crazy. Um, but, But this is times a thousand what the disciples were dealing with. They were in a vessel completely at mercy of uh, the wind and the waves. Waves were coming over the side of the boat, a 911 situation. And where was Jesus? He was asleep. He was asleep. He was present but he wasn't concerned. He was present. He knew what was happening. He knew that these um, uh, that there was a great storm that was coming. Yet he seemed to be disconnected. He 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 was clearly not to the point where it was time to act. So the disciples had to simply alert him and trust him because there was nothing that he can do. I wonder. Today in your life, what you are feeling threatened by. I wonder if you feel like there is a 911 situation that's come up against you and you feel as if Jesus is asleep. You know, a human perspective would look at this situation with the disciples and Jesus being asleep and saying Jesus was off base here. Why did Jesus let this storm get to the point where there were waves that were coming over the side? Shouldn't Jesus have, have, have woken up and immediately, you know, coddled all of the disciples and said, okay, Peter, it's going to be okay. Come sit in my lap. Let me give you a great hug. Everything is going to be okay. He didn't do that. Why? Because he was training the disciples to trust him when he was eventually going to die and be resurrected into heaven. He needed the disciples to know that when a great storm arose, like the persecution of the church, that that even though he wasn't um, awake and he, he wasn't totally present, he could trust in the things that Jesus had told him. Sometimes the word of the Lord will test you. It will try you. But Jesus acts in the perfect moment. Why would Jesus wait? Why would Jesus wait? 
because his ways are higher and his ways are greater. He wants to teach you not to trust in your will, but to trust in his word, no matter what the storm looks like. The spirit of God told me um, that day when I was sitting out back, um, it's just it's so funny. I, uh, he said, you can't do anything about this, Autumn. There's nothing that you can do. It's beyond your understanding. It's beyond on your human perspective. It is beyond you. And I had no choice in that, me- in that moment but to literally fling my trust upon the Lord. Sometimes when those great storms arise and it's beyond us and we begin to freak out, we have the desire to control something, to engage and to try to stop it. And here we find Jesus asleep on the boat. He had it all along. I want you to release your will in this moment. Those of you that are full of anxiety because of whatever you're facing. He's there. He promises never to leave us. Never to forsake us. He wasn't going to forsake the disciples. He was going to interject. But the timing was not up to the disciples. The timing was up to Jesus. The weight of the storm and the brutality of the storm was not up to the disciples. It was up to Jesus and what he saw that they could handle and what he saw that they could allow. What's coming up against you right now might seem completely out of your control because it is. But it's not outside of Jesus' control, who is right there, knowing the exact level of the weight that you can carry with his help. It's not. Um, Jesus uh, got up and he... he um, Ask them, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Why? Some of you are afraid of things that are great storms. They, they are great storms. The things that are coming up against you are storms. They're terrifying. But God is saying to you right now, why are you afraid? I was just reading this morning um, a passage of scripture that, that says, don't be afraid. And God asked them right here, why are you afraid? You've seen what I can do. You've seen my power. Why? Why are you afraid? The same God that helped you is the same God that is governing the situation right now. Why are you afraid? When we try to control these storms that come and when we try to do everything that we can in order to fix them, a lot of times it is out of a place of fear. If I can control it, I won't be scared of it. If I can stop it and fix it, I won't be scared of it. But God wants to break the cycle of control and fear in your life by bringing on a storm that you can't control. Your will and your strive will always fall short. Always. It will frustrate you. It will frustrate you. So I want you today to stop trusting in your will and start trusting in him. The greatest asks of faith are not to do 
I love this about God is, um, you know, uh, he doesn't ask us to do uh, to to um, do things all the time. Um, he asks us to stop, release, surrender, and let him do. And for me personally, and for a lot of the people that I work with and a lot of the people that I know, that is the hardest ask of faith. And I just really feel like those of you that are listening today, um, God is asking you. It's so funny. Like we, we quote um, Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Um, you know, we stamp it on our social media with a pretty flower behind it, or maybe, maybe a mountainside or maybe a seascape. Be still and know that I am God. But I rarely find people that actually are quieting their spirit and saying, you know what, Lord, I'm going to be still. Because I do know that you are God and I do know that you are interacting in my situation. I really believe today that God is saying, I'm here. Why are you afraid? I know what I told you. I know what you're facing. You have an opportunity here to trust the circumstances and to lean into the fear, or you can trust my word. Just like Joseph, when a storm came in his life that came in the shape of incarceration, he had the opportunity to trust the storm or to trust the word. The word of the Lord tested him. What does God's word say? Remind yourself of what God has said to you what his word says to you, um, the promises that are in his word, and you stand on that as your security, not the outcome of your situation. I'll tell you a couple of things that we were facing a couple months ago didn't turn out well. They didn't turn out well. The storm was eventually calmed, but it wasn't, certainly wasn't calmed in a way that we would have calmed it. I wouldn't have calmed it or stopped it. Um, the way God did. But I have learned to trust even when it doesn't turn out the way I would have done it because I trust that my God is governing my life for the best, not for good, for the best. I want what's best for my life. And I know with God as literally the captain of my life and of my family's life, he will have the situations turn out that are for the best. Sometimes he calms a storm in a way that doesn't look like you would calm it, but that does not mean it's not the best situation for your life. So is the word of the Lord literally testing you right now? Are you tempted to give up trusting because you just don't see how God would come through. I'm challenging you to get back to the trust in the most powerful, almighty, sovereign God. Fling, cling, I say a lot, cling to the word and see what God does in your situation. In Joseph's situation, it turned out pretty good. Second in command in Egypt, his brothers eventually did bow down to him. Um, And God did turn a situation around. He definitely calmed the storm. With the disciples, he got up, he calmed the storm. Um, With a rebuke, why were you afraid? Why are you afraid? 
eventually you're going to find out that God was operating for your good all along. Um, let me pray for you guys today. Lord, I just, um, I pray for those that are listening that are um, self-proclaimed control freaks. I just pray for their hearts. I pray for this situation that's come up against them. Lord, I even, I, I, I see marriage, Lord. I see um, children, Lord. I see um, adoption, Lord. I see infertility, Lord. I see financial struggles, Lord. I, I see someone who can't get into college, Lord. I, um, uh, I see a business that's failing, Lord. God, all of these situations, this weight, storm, it's a 911 situation like the disciples faced. And they know what you said, but they also see the very real storm that they are facing. God, I pray that this one rebuke and love would encourage them. Why are you afraid? The word of the Lord is always stronger than the storm. Why are you afraid? And Lord, I do ask in your mercy and in your grace to calm that storm in the name of Jesus. God, I ask that this one show would redirect their perspective, their focus, God, back to your word. And that it would calm them in the name of Jesus. We love you. We thank you for governing our storms. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us in everything that we face. And we trust you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. You can catch me right back here tomorrow on The Autumn Miles Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.